The Week in Bible Prophecy, a Prophecy Watchers podcast. Welcome to the podcast today. Mondo Gonzalez here with Gary Stearman in studio. Here we are, Gary, doing Hi, another podcast. Good times, right? Good times. Well, uh, depending on how you look That's at true. it. That's <laughs> true. There's a lot going on lately and that's not so good. But also, prophetically speaking, uh, I, I would love to talk here right at the beginning is a couple banks failed. The, the second and third largest bank failures in history— uh, this past week. I'll give you some stats. The largest bank failure ever uh, was the Washington Mutual back in 2008, $307 billion. But just here in the past couple of weeks, the Silicon Valley Bank was $209 billion, uh, which is second uh, most ever. And then the third just happened right after that, Signature Bank of $110 billion. It's interesting, too, when we th- see these bank failures, the comparison, the number four on the list was IndyMac. I remember I used to have an account in IndyMac. It failed in 2008 with only 31 billion. So you're talking 307, 209, 110, and then IndyMac at 31 billion. That's quite a difference. So this is these these latest couple bank failures were, you know, five to eight times bigger. You know what moves me and moves my heart, if you will, about this information is. It sends me back to a, a movie, an old black and white movie about a bank failure. Jimmy Stewart ran this bank in a little town, and there was old Mr. Potter, who's a dirty, uh, rotten <laughs> scoundrel, uh, opposing banker and, and, and lender. And there's this battle of money and stability. And Jimmy Stewart, with his little tiny savings and loan, wins the battle uh, with the help of all of his friends and the, the kind of a spiritual background around it. It, it takes place around Christian, Christmas, and it becomes a Christmas blessing. But this is, I think this whole story, this kind of a story, is deep in the human heart. Mm. And when we heard the other day, bank failure, it's been a long time since I've seen that in the news. And it sends me reeling back to this old movie about the Jimmy Stewart and the bank mm-hmm. fal- uh, f- bank failure and all the horror that, that, in, that yeah. ensued from that. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, are we going to see that movie play out again? And are we going to be here when it does? Yeah. Well, what I, what I find interesting, <laughs> Gary, is, you know, from those kind of uh, you go back to 30, 40 years ago yeah. and then you see – the government's response in creating the, the the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, right? The FDIC. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember when I was younger at the time, you know, it was $100,000 per, per account. Not that I ever had that, um, nor do I do I now. But now it's 250000 So if you have $250,000 in your bank account, you are guaranteed that if the bank fails, the insurance company, which, you know, the banks pay money into this allegedly, or they do, but uh, you'll be safe. Well, what I find interesting in this latest is, as we know, no crisis should go to waste. Exactly. <laughs> and the developments that you see were the, 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 the Silicon Valley Bank. This, was, this is like um, Silicon Valley, right? Okay, we all know where Silicon Valley is, you know? And you're talking, these are wealthy people that have far greater than 250000 right. But what's, the, what's coming out now is the corruption. So here you have the bank failing. We could talk about how it failed. But 
all these people are going, oh, no, oh, no, the bank's going to fail. We need to get our money out. And so they were threatening uh, insolvency. And so people go out and they're pulling their money out of the bank, which causes the bank to fail even quicker. And then all of a sudden, all these extremely wealthy people, uh, the government comes out and says, well, we're not limiting it to 250000 Everybody's going to get their money back. So now you have a bank of wealthy people where the bank itself is basically not held accountable because even though it failed, it really didn't fail because they're not calling it a government bailout, but in fact, it really is. In fact, it really is. And in fact, the, the, the leaders of our government, very, very close to the president, surrounding our president, uh, have gone to great lengths to just sit and smile and say, everything is just fine. No mm -hmm. problem. We can handle the closure of one or two banks and uh, everybody will wake up and it'll be just mm -hmm. fine. It's like hypnosis almost. But going back to that old movie, do you remember the other theme in the movie? Mm -mm. Clarence, the fallen angel. Oh, yes. Oh, he is sent down to help <laughs> restore order. And, and even Clarence, you know, in the movie doesn't know what he's doing. But this takes place at the human heart level yeah. because people get hurt when their means yeah. are, are ripped away. And that fear is very close to the surface in every American heart right now. Mine included. And I'm saying, bank failure? Wait a minute. And I start looking around. I'm out protected. And then I start praying. Lord, please show me. Am I protected? You know, yeah. we talk to the Lord as Christians. Yeah. But what are we talking about now, Mondo? This is what's important to me. Well, I think you, you nailed it. You nailed it because there's a fear of, uh, could this happen to me? Yes. Could this go to farther? I mean, the second and third largest banks, if you put these together, you're talking about, you know, 320 billion, which is just in a matter of, uh, of two weeks is bigger than the, the largest one ever, the Washington Mutual one. But what I find interesting here is that you see this, this trend and we, we've talked about central uh, digital bank currencies where we know in Revelation 13, maybe, maybe it would be good to read that, uh, Revelation 13, uh, 16 through 18. And I'll turn there while you're talking. Yes, because we, we know we know what's coming, that there is a, a, a one world system, digit, some, some sort of one cashless society, a one world economic system that's coming based on this passage. Yeah, and this is about the beast out of the earth, the Antichrist. <clears throat> and... Uh, Verse 16 of Revelation 13 says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark. And wow, as I read this, I'm thinking electronic, yeah. digital. I'm thinking we've got all the means to produce that mark right now. Or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Oh, oh there's a number. Now, I wonder what that number mm -hmm. is. Well, the Bible <laughs> talks about that number as 603 score and six in the next verse. But I think it's a lot longer than that. It may be a 21-digit number. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the first three numbers of the 21 are 666. But what I'm talking about is what you're very familiar with. We, we're all, we all yeah. carry credit cards that have these numbers on them. We have accounts that have numbers on them. So we're familiar with numbers. And the Bible wrote about this 
long, long time ago before there were numbers associated with whether you could buy or sell. So would you say we're almost there? Well, yeah, I, I would say that the, the what you see here is the 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 fear mongering and the and the it causes, I mean, when I'm reading the, these articles, it's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. These two large second and third largest bank failures in history. We need to fix this. We uh -huh. need to make sure that we can't do this again. And so because why? Here's what happened. Um, when you have digital money, uh, if, you know, a person can't make a run on it. There's because there, it's digital. Right. But if you actually go down and, and you have 500,000 and you actually want cash, you want cash bills and you go down there, all of a sudden now the there, the this fiat system that we've been had for a long time, it becomes exposed. And so it's interesting that if you take away the cash, the actual hard value, the hard material in your hand component, there, there can be no real run on a bank in that sense, because people would be like, well, I'm not going to go down to the bank because they're not going to hand me a, a, a flash drive with my money on it. Right. And so the, that they need to fix it by creating um, a non-material item, non-tangible system. And this is where the central uh, digital bank currency comes in. And they've been trying to get this based on that passage in Revelation 13. We know that it's economic. It says right in there, buy or sell. That's economics, pure and simple. And so the government knows that in their attempts to try to create these central digital banks, number one, there's all these uh, laws that are being put in some of the state legislatures right now. Uh, I was just reading an article yesterday on this that they put in there and they're outlawing by definition like Bitcoin and some of these cryptos, which are decentralized. Right. It has to be decentralized because you can't control those things as, as well. You can, and even China has outlawed uh, Bitcoin and some other cryptos in certain places at certain times. But when you watch this bank fill, what I see is this, this is the takeaway. You better be scared. You better be scared. And we're gonna solve it for you by creating this digital system there to you keep are. you p protected. You've got it. I mean, digital electronic, it's all there. <clears throat> and by the way, when we say digital these days, we're not talking about the digital of 20 years ago. We're talking right. about artificial intelligence, hyper high-speed communications through satellite networks. And I think the Antichrist will use those things uh, to maintain a global control, which the Bible says that he will do. Yeah. You know, that hasn't been possible until recently. Yep. And, and, are, and so are we near? Well... I'm not saying it's next week, but these these bank failures uh, and a little bit of it's interesting. You think, well, how did this bank fail? Well, it, it's it, it can get a little technical, but they were buying treasury bonds, which have a very low interest rate. OK, which is great. They're, they're secure. So the banks go out. They buy all these low treasury, uh, low interest rate bonds, uh, cheap. And then what happens? Uh, they get. Uh, they, they, they fill their portfolios with these. Well, then all of a sudden the Federal Reserve starts raising interest rates, which means now this bank over there <laughs> is, is, has, is giving increased interest rates for the depositors. Well, now you have this low interest bearing uh, bond, which nobody wants. Yeah. <laughs> nobody wants. So now these banks, ultimately, they got stuck. They overextended themselves with these bonds. And 
because the Federal Reserve was, was in, uh, increasing the rates. And then they're like, well, what are we going to do? Now these bonds are, the prices are going down. So maybe they bought, you know, $50 billion worth and now they're worth 20. Well, who do you get rid of them to? To take a $30 billion loss? You can allow them to mature, but you don't have time for that. Yeah. And you say they, and I, every time you say they, it, it rings a bell in my head. Who are they? They are a group of men, and they include men from all over the globe who are power mongers, yeah. very well connected to each other. They have this under, underground communication system. They all talk to each other. Some of them meet in uh, Switzerland, yeah. the home of international banking. And you know where I'm going with this. There is a group, a cabal of people mm. that the Bible talks about who will be raised up in the last days. Ten kings. Yep. And out of the ten kings will come this man who says you can't buy or sell unless you have the prefix 666. Yeah. We're there. You and I both believe yep. that all of the elements are in place. But that brings me to, to something else, and that is, uh, as Christians, how, we, how should we receive this? Because, you know, we Christians, we tithe, we try to, to be... Uh, circumspect yes. with our money. We, we try to follow the, the leading of the Bible. Here's, what you sh here's how you should handle your finances, and mm -hmm. here's how you should honor your fellow man and the church and so forth. Uh, with all of this coming, what should we be doing? Yeah, I think the, that we trust the Lord, as you said. I think we get out of debt. Uh, we lower our expenses. Um, we, we come to the place of, of being wise uh, with you know, not being greed. That's really what came with here. There was a whole bunch of greed. That's kind of typically why banks fail. People go back to 2008. It's the same way. But as Christians, we, we just show wisdom, circumspect. That's, that's a great word that we, we live in such a way that when trouble comes, because we know it's coming, that we're prepared for it. Uh, now, does that mean we all become preppers? Not necessarily, but is, was it unwise to be able to grow your own food as much as possible? No, that's a great idea. Do what you can. Yeah. But ultimately, God isn't limited if a bank fails. <laughs> I mean, he, he's going to uh, he, he's going to take care of us, but we should do our part as well. We should do our part as well and simply know what's coming so that you won't be surprised. Frankly, I'm not surprised to see what's happening today. Uh, it gives me a little uh, funny feeling in my stomach. But on the other hand, I'm not surprised. No. You know what? And that's a great that's a great segue, Gary, because. <laughs> The next topic is something I know that you and I <laughs> and others have talked a lot about in not being surprised. So here, here's, the, here's the headline, okay? Okay. Now, I'll say this, that um, before I read the headline, you, myself, and L.A. Marzulli, just recently, we did a three-DVD set series on the supernatural nature of the Bible. And we talked yes. about writing, and we talked about the supernatural nature of the Bible, we talked about UFOs, we talked about Nephilim, we talked about cattle mutilations, we talked about a whole bunch of things. Uh, that was fun. And so you say the word surprise. So let me just read to you. I'm not surprised to, to hear this. Here's the title. Pentagon UFO chief suggests alien mothership may send probes to spy on planet Earth. And then the subtitle speculation about a government backed PSYOP being perpetrated on the American people has ratcheted up in recent months following the Biden administration's decision to shoot down a Chinese spy balloon. So, okay, <laughs> let me just read the first paragraph. Okay. Okay. A draft report written by a high-ranking Pentagon official 
is making the truly bizarre claim that there may not only be an alien mothership flying around the Earth's solar system, but that it might send probes to our planet to spy on mankind. Quote, an artificial interstellar object could potentially be a parent craft that releases many small probes during its close passage to Earth, an operational construct not too dissimilar from NASA missions, the document says. So, do you, okay, we're going to talk about it in, in later, but why now? Why, the, why is the Pentagon UFO chief? Why is he saying this? I have my own opinions, but Gary, what do you think? Well, to me, <clears throat> it goes back to, to the 1940s and Roswell, and everybody has seen and heard the Roswell story a million times. That started just a little thinking underground, mm -hmm. undercover. Not much, just a little conversation. But the conversation took place among very high planning mentalities in the government and in the United States system of engineering and sciences. <clears throat> very quietly, they were all saying, uh, you know, we need to see if we can catch one of these things and use it for reverse engineering mm -hmm. and build better better equipment ourselves. And the government, as we all know, any of us who read know that the government has programs launched to see if they can find any little scraps crashed yep. UFOs. Bob Lazar, right, his whole story. That's right. Yep. He's a physicist claiming to work on those exact things at S4. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> next question is, as a Christian, how do I take this? Does the Bible talk about UFOs? Certainly it does. And the UFOs are things that fly in the sky that are not necessarily friendly, <clears throat> and they're called fallen angels. And they haven't changed. They may change their appearance slightly, but they're the same guys they used to be thousands of years ago when they rebelled. They came down to earth. The rebellion is still on. Satan is still their leader. He told Jesus while Jesus was alive. I control all of this yeah. down here, and uh, and you know what? I'll give it to you if you will just um, kind of concede a couple of things to me, Jesus. And we all remember that. And what was Satan doing? He was observing the entire earth. He has his fallen ones, and they circulate around the earth doing what he wants to do. And that's the Christian point of view of UFOs, if you will, unidentified flying yeah. Or as they're called now, UAPs. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the hard part because we we believe that that UFOs uh, are real. That that that, yes. that they say phenomenon now, and it, that's a very, I think it's a a word that they 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 use it to equivocate to to change right in the middle. When you say phenomenon versus object, object implies something tangible, physical. Right. Where unidentified aerial phenomenon, the word phenomenon, it, the very definition of the word has the idea of something that is by appearance. It might not be real, but that's the way it appears to you. Yes. So uh, that's their, they're switching it right in the middle of the game. Exactly. Denying the idea of, 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 of an, a physical, tangible object. So we believe that these objects are real. Uh, we're not saying that we know and have all of the answers to who is exactly piloting. We do believe that they're physical. There have been physical things found. Uh, there's been reports, uh, as we discussed in that DVD set, uh, the ways in which the government is acknowledging having these having these things, as well as creating these these new departments. Uh, one one of them is the AARO, the 
The All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, founded in July 2022, to detect, identify, and attribute objects of interest in on or near military installations, operating areas, training areas, special use airspace, and other areas of interest. So they've created these new departments in order to communicate. But this, the Pentagon chief coming out at this time, talking about alien motherships, I think is, is, is a uh, wag the dog scenario. It's, it's able, there were several other articles that came out in the last month or two. All of a sudden, like, wow, all of a sudden the, the government the, the the current administration is talking about these these objects, even though they've been talking about it the last couple of years. But it's like a slurry of articles came out, and you're like, why are these guys talking about it? Um, I think it's a little bit of trying, as it says here, to distract from the 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 Chinese balloon incident. But it does go back to the question of we believe these are real, and as Christians, should we have a biblical response? And I believe so. And I've written a few articles over the years about this and uh, the fact that uh, UFOs are seen all the time, or UAPs as they're called now, to make it uh, certain that you can't put your thumb on it and say that's a UFO. A UAP is an unidentified aerial phenomenon, mm-hmm. which covers a multitude of sins. Shall it we does, say? yeah. <laughs> it's a distraction. I, I, we can stick with UFO because we know what we mean by we, it. We do. Yeah. And and those flying objects, as, according to Pentagon, come and go out of parent craft, big, as we would call the mothership. Yeah, that's the theory that they're saying here. That's exactly is, right. And you're like, even when I was watching, I mean, you think this is so outlandish. I'm not saying I, I, I would even necessarily disagree with it. This makes sense. But why, it's just interesting to me that they're talking about this this parent mothership. Like, well, that's the first we've heard about a mothership from the Pentagon. Well, what I believe they're doing is putting a secular gloss yeah. over what is a spiritual situation. Uh, and I have my Bible open to Ephesians 6 here, and I'll start in uh, uh, the 12th verse, and it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That's one group against powers. That's another group against um, the rulers of darkness in this world. That would be still another group. I think these are descending orders of command. That's the way I read this. Uh, Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, what would that be? That would be, I think, what we call demons, right? So you have Satan and you have uh, his principal angels, fallen ones. Fall, yeah, yeah. And you have a group of people under them. And then you have the demons and the devils that roam the world. And that's what the Bible calls UAPs. And I believe that. I don't think they're from some galaxy far, far away. But the fiction has been built. Uh, back, H.G. Wells had a Martian invasion of the world. And we killed the Martians, and ta-da, we were, we were victorious. You have uh, Star Trek, Captain Kirk and his group, which grew to a massive collection of motion pictures that are all propaganda pieces. They're designed to, to say, hey, we have an aerial battle against good and evil, but the good is on our side, and we'll win. And then you have Galaxy Quest, which you remember the comedic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and the galaxy, the people in the Galaxy Quest, uh, the, uh, aliens who live far, far away, uh, worshipped Earthlings. They, they just thought we 
could walk on water. And it was, again, one of the propaganda pieces designed to build the subliminal idea that space travel is going on out there all the time, and there are good space travelers, and there are bad ones, and we need to to get connected with the good ones. The Bible doesn't say that. It says there's a group, one group, principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, and I don't believe there's a good guy group. And so that's what we're dealing. I wanted to get that kind of Mm -hmm. leveled out before we go back to what the Pentagon said. Yeah, well, it's true because the, see, here again, we were talking about this on a previous podcast that we need discernment. Uh, We need a lot of discernment where the Bible, uh, you you see this article, the Pentagon's, these guys are talking about motherships. I just think, why are they talking about it now? I see it as a distraction, taking away from the reality. uh, Many people would look at it and uh, would maybe mock it. But we've already talked about, again, in, in our DVD set, I just was reading from uh, con- congressional records, congressional bills. They're spending money to create all these systems. So there's a narrative that's going on behind the scenes that is a real narrative that we think potentially or most likely uh, would be used um, at the end of the age as a deception. Uh, and, and we want to say, hey, any other group that's from any other place, allegedly, uh, if they come with a message of being our saviors, you see this in the astronomy world, uh, astrobiology, you can get PhDs in that, uh, where they're looking for panspermia, that these other beings evolved somewhere else, and they came and implanted us here. And you're like, that just kicks the can down the road. Who created them? They had to come from somewhere, because we know that evolution does not work uh, by any means. It's, that's been proven over yeah. in chemistry and, and <clears throat> as well as bio- biology in that regard. They don't have no, any, no idea how you get life from non-organic life in a way that's proven. But l- let's, let, let me, let's use this as a jumping block to another topic that comes up, because you, 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 you read Ephesians chapter 6, and talking about principalities and powers, that we, we don't have this wrestling. But let's, are demons, this is a question that comes up, and it's a good question. Are demons fallen angels? Well, um, uh, without going into a lot of detail. No, no, we got time. Let's go into detail here. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a big question. Let's, let's talk about Huge. it. Huge. So I'm, in my mind, I'm saying, how can I keep this under an hour? Uh-huh. <laughs> but... To answer it quickly, uh, to me, a fallen angel is literally one of the of of those powers. The Bible calls them principalities, and they are co-regent with Satan, controlling the world system today. As generals, basically, yeah, generals mm-hmm. or admirals or whatever. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, they whatever. Are yep. The next level of command below uh, Satan, <clears throat> and the powers uh, would be those commanded. And I believe they fly ships all over the surface of the world, but they're invisible. They're in a slightly different dimension. We know hyperdimensionality exists. The Bible talks about it. Paul said, you know, I knew a man once who went to the third heaven. And I can't tell you what he saw there, but boy, you should know. And then I came back. No, no, he came back. (laughs) He didn't give away anything. I wish he would have, but he didn't. (laughs) I wish he would have. But but we live in a hyperdimensional world, hyperspace. And when I say that, I mean that the principalities and powers can make themselves visible if they want to. And the whole history of the world is full of that. Even the newspapers Mm -hmm. today, we have occasional news articles about so-and-so who appeared to so-and-so and then he disappeared. 
And so having established that, the next thing we need to say is that <clears throat> we live in a hyperdimensional world, and that's what the scientists would call it. But we who read the Bible think of heaven <clears throat> and earth. And the heavens have kind of multiple layers, if you will, of dimensionality. And that's why these UFOs, uh, I believe, are angelic chariots. In fact, similar to the one that appeared to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapters 1 through 3. And, and uh, it was a whirling, a whirlwind of fire that came and landed in front of him. And then when it landed, it became a very complex ship. You can only call it a ship. And it had a, uh, an interaction with Ezekiel, and then later on it took off and presumably became a, a wheel of fire again. Yeah. And the prophets, they all went aloft in chariots of fire, like, <laughs> like uh, uh, Elijah. Yeah, Sun Kings too. I mean, he, he, oh, okay. chariot of fire, like what in the world? Okay, chariots are made of wood. They have wood spokes. Yep. Wouldn't those burn up? Yeah. It's not like... There's something, yeah, there's something, something deeper for sure. Deeper. <laughs> But it's called in the Bible a chariot of fire. And he lifted up in this chariot of fire and went into another dimension. And later on, he appears in the Bible mm -hmm. and, and in a visible way. So he's hyperdimensional, too, if you want to call it that. And so I believe the Bible-believing Christians should be, in their thinking, hyperdimensional. Like we live on this earth, but there are other dimensions that play into our destiny. And we as Christians should operate uh, with, in the knowledge that we're at the lowest uh, dimension, dimensional scale, and that we pray through mm -hmm. to the Lord God, who is at the top level. He's, he's the creator, the redeemer. But he has allowed enemies of man to encircle the earth day and night, 24-7, and do their evil work. And we have that right here in Ephesians and many other books of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to get our minds off of Alpha Centauri and <laughs> Zeta Reticuli, Beta Re Zeta Reticuli <laughs> and, and spaceships. Like mm -hmm. uh, in this article that we're looking at, <clears throat> uh, there, there's a little explanation here of, uh, of how NASA and, and the government views all this. Uh, these out-of-this-world assertions stem from the discovery of an unusual space object, Holy. which was seen in a telescope. <laughs> About a football field in length, it was found to be orbiting the sun six years ago, and it was dubbed Oumuamua, yep. if you can pronounce <laughs> yeah, that, Oumuamua. by the astronomical community. It's a real, it was a real object. It was, it was a real object. Yeah, it was big. It was weird-looking. Yeah, and I now it's being uh, used as, yeah. a as a device to say that, look— that may have been an observation craft. Yep. That, and, and our friends are coming closer. and we need, Hiding behind it, so to speak. Yeah, hiding behind yeah. it. And, and they are uh, positing all of these events as friendly. Well, our friend uh, L.A. Marzulli would have something else to yeah. say about that because he's talked to many abductees yeah. and has produced several films about what happens to people in, who come in contact with these Whatever they are. Yeah, whatever they are. Principalities yeah. and powers. Mm -hmm. And it's not pretty. It's demonic. Yeah. And and so to conclude, and you can react to this any way you want to, to conclude, I would say that I'm not praying to the principalities and powers. No. I'm praying to the Lord God who is opposed by 
the principalities yeah. and powers. That's a great word because, you know, the, the question is, are demons fallen angels? And, and I think you, you laid it out well that the answer is no, that an, the fallen angels are this very, um, very, they're the generals. These guys are, these guys are very, they're, they're in an upper class. They're yes. in a very well-known, they're well called put. sons of God and others. There's good sons of God and there's fallen sons of God that have fell like Genesis 6 we've talked about. But you have as well these, I like the word taxonomy, this this classification yes. of, of, of spiritual beings, uh, which demons are at the bottom of the bottom, because according to what we would understand, uh, demons are, uh, at least according to the book of Enoch, we, the Bible does not specifically say, uh, when you come to the New Testament uh, and you see daimonion, these demons the, these that Jesus is casting out that are possessing humans, the Bible doesn't give us a very clear uh, understanding of their origination, but what is interesting is is First Corinthians or First Enoch fifteen describes that the when the Nephilim these these half these hybrids half human from women and half angelic fallen angelic when they're born and they die in the flood their spirit goes on and they 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 their their bodies dead but their spirits where do their spirits go well. Uh, According to some other intertestamental books, which again not scripture, they their, their spirits continue to go on, and they're the unclean spirits. They're the demons that that uh, are that plague mankind from the flood onward, because you don't really see any of that. But they're the bottom of the bottom because they're they're half, they're not fully angelic, and but they're half human, so there's really no place for them. But they are not the same level of class as these uh, these angels or these other beings, these principalities and powers. So we would say no. But the other thing I find interesting is the Bible doesn't ever say that besides maybe the cherubim or the seraphim, those are the only two classes. And I think they're a really high class of spiritual being. Uh, it doesn't say any other Moloch, the word Moloch angel has wings. It just says you do see them flew and you use the word opposition. Now, Daniel chapter 10, you know this passage, but for those that don't. Daniel's praying, his prayers are going up. Yes. He gets a response. An angel is dispatched. He shows up three weeks later. Right. And says, Hey, Daniel, from the moment that you prayed, God heard you and I was sent to answer you. But I got rebuffed. I got opposed by these other princes. I got opposed by the prince of Persia. This other, what we would call in the Old Testament, the word prince is this fallen angelic type being, sons of God, I would say, a watcher maybe. Uh, that's a whole other group in that one sense. But I came here and Michael had to come help me. Michael, the chief prince, who's like a chief archangel, he had to come help me to get the answer. So there is this war, this this opposition. And if we want to say that they're simply just spiritual. Yeah. And now where is the war? Where is the war? How did he get opposed? Did he... It, couldn't he just go around him? There had to be some level of, I wouldn't say physical, but th that my mind can only go there. There's some That's sort right. of real opposition where the angel couldn't actually get to Daniel. And we don't know about the spirit world. Correct. We, the Bible talks about it, but we can't visualize it. But apparently around this world, there is a another dimension that supports demons, uh, Principal, principal rulers, yep. uh, fallen angels. Non-human, whatever, spiritual beings. Yep. Spiritual beings, mm -hmm. and whatever you want to call. And there are good ones and there are bad ones, mm -hmm. and there's a war going on. Okay, 
uh, at this point, we could have a debate. Why is this going on? Why is this allowed to happen? Why didn't God just destroy all the bad guys? Uh, because things have to be done in a certain order. And if there's anybody who's orderly in the whole universe, yeah. it's our God. It certainly is true. <laughs> and so his order stands, and there will be a series of battles, and we read about those in Revelation. And in the end, all of the rebels will be jailed. Some of them are now. Yeah, some of them are now. The yep. Apostle Peter wrote about yes, that. Yes, he did, yeah. And some of them are in jail now, in, in apparently in caverns and chambers under the earth. That's what it says. Some of them have a, the ability to fly around the, the planet in hyperspace, call it that. There's What, a, what other word do we have? Yep. Yep. And then some of them never fell. They're on God's side, but they're still circulating around. And just like the, the examples from Daniel, there's an occasional fight yep. that goes on in the sky. And I think maybe, I've always thought that we may catch glimpses of that. Some people that report odd lights flickering and colliding and moving in and out. And, and it looks exactly like that they're opposing each other. Yep. So maybe we catch a glimpse of those yeah. little, those fights every now. It's and It's true, and and I think you, Ephesians six is very clear that that as believers we have been we we are not we are in a supremely powerful position of being having God as our Father that we are in this wrestling match. And Paul says we don't wrestle as you might we don't wrestle our wrestling match is not against flesh and blood but against these hosts. So we don't we shouldn't get caught up too much in the human element, but recognize that as we pray, that we are like Daniel chapter ten, we are having this we are participating in this war to see God's will brought in. God invites us to participate into accomplishing His will uh, down in this earth, and uh, and 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 how those other beings show themselves in the heavens, uh, we do know Ephesians six. In the heavenly places, it says that crystal clear. So as we watch these other UFO type phenomenon, which we don't know exactly, are we getting glimpses into some things? Maybe. But I want to ask you this, because this um, we often hear that the UFOs, and we I would generally, and I think you would too, generally lean towards most often, they are most often the bad guys. But... Talk about your experience, if you don't mind, where you had some interesting things happen with uh, a UFO, which didn't cause you any harm at all, but most likely was a good guy. So, And I've always told my friends that I'm here today because of an angelic intercession. But I used to work in aircraft, and I flew quite often <clears throat> on business. And I was flying a rather large airplane at one point. <clears throat> delivering some uh, meeting materials to a, a company, an, an aircraft company down in Dallas. And then from Dallas, I was going to fly to Lubbock and deliver the rest of the meeting materials so they could have a sales meeting there. And in, on the way, uh, I had an electrical, total electrical failure in the airplane. Everything went off, boom, like that. Brand new airplane, by this the way. This was during the day, too. During the day. So brand new airplane during the day. Yes. And... <clears throat> So I shut down all the uh, electrical switches and just said, well, I'm going to go on engine ignition power only, which I did. And I'm headed for my uh, uh, 
headed for my destination and <clears throat> but still worried can something else fail am i going to make it and do i have enough battery power to make a landing get the gear down so forth and so on and i'm thinking these thoughts <clears throat> and i suddenly heard a voice a very reassuring voice by the way i'll never forget it and it said to me if you look to your left you'll see a u f o and that's exactly the one <laughs> and i almost a little bit humorous maybe it was humorous and so in my i reacted by holding gripping the wheel and looking straight ahead and i said to myself i'm not going to look to my left cuz i don't know what i'll see <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, my radios are all did, off. Did your heart flitter a little bit? Did oh, you yeah. get nervous? Like, what? Did I, is that, were you, were you wondering whether you yeah. really heard something? And, the, and I'm telling you the truth now. Mm -hmm. And I, it was years before I told this because it sounds so bizarre. Mm -hmm. So I'm flying, and about a minute later, I hear the same voice. It sounds like a tour guide. If you look to your left, you'll see a UFO. So I thought, all right, I'm going to look to my, and I looked to my left. And about a mile to my, off my left wing was a bright light. And I said, that's not a UFO. That's got to be the sun shining off another airplane mm -hmm. reflecting. So I watched it for a while. It flew. It was flying in the same direction I was. And then I, I said to myself, but out loud almost, even though I'm alone in the airplane, I said, wow. I looked at it. And it flew under a cloud, and it was still just as bright as before. And I said, that is a UFO. And as soon as I said that, it, in, in a matter of like three or four seconds, it covered a mile and right off my left wing. Oh, wow. It's about 150 feet in diameter and about 10 feet thick, and it was beautiful. most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It flew in formation with me all the way to my destination. What did it look like? Describe it. Well, it was about 10, 15 feet thick, and it had a bevel around the edges and with some little what looked like metallic connections. To but was it, it like disc-shaped kind disc -shaped. of? Disc-shaped. Disc-shaped, okay. So the typical disc-shaped? Yeah, and it had a bright light in the top of it. On the, on the top, top? On the top surface, at four or five feet in diameter, mm -hmm. and little radial lights that came out from it. I just take a long time to describe it, but it was beautiful, and I thought... That is amazing. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So I, I wanted to get closer so I could see it better. <laughs> I don't so I you. scooted the airplane to the left to get closer to it, uh -huh. and it backed off. It didn't want me to. It didn't want you close. It didn't want me close. And I could tell the rest of the story, which takes a long time, except that I know because of what they found. Uh, at Lubbock, Texas, at the airport, Cessna dealership, <clears throat> they had no no fewer than seven mechanics around the engine okay. on this airplane because something really bizarre had happened. Well, so so you so let, let's because we cannot we, happen. Yeah, we have we have a few minutes here uh, in this particular segment. So you you see this? You're traveling. Uh, how long did you say it was? It was traveling with you. Uh, Hour and a half. So, so there it is. Hour and a half, right there, just kind of guiding you because yes. your your electronics had gone out. And you hear this voice. You you tried to get a little closer. For, it moved back. Right. It moved back to the previous position. Uh, no. Well, it did and it didn't. It moved back a bit and then it moved back to its previous position okay. and then it came closer again it later did? on. Oh, okay. So it was flying independently and but I got the 
this great feeling that everything was okay. So no evil feelings, no darkness. No darkness, no evil. In the opposite, in fact. This thing, I believe it saved my life, quite frankly, because I made a successful landing at Lubbock, Texas. And that was that. So, so let's so let's get into some of those details in the sense of so you land Lubbock, you land you you're fine. Yeah. You pull up, you come up, you you go to the hangar. Who meets you there? The, the uh, manager of the airport met me. Uh, the head of the the aircraft department there, <clears throat> and he was angry because I was supposed to be there two hours earlier, or more. Oh. I had told him I'd be there at a certain time. So he's waiting, basically he's waiting on you. Waiting and waiting and waiting. When I taxied up to that air, uh, that uh, dealership, I could still look back to the east and see that little UFO up there hanging around until I went inside the dealership. Really? Okay. And, and, and tried to, to make friends with the dealer because I, I was so late. Did you know you were late yet? I lost sort of a sense of time i must so say. you show up thinking everything's normal and then he says what are you doing yeah and it, you're and you didn't realize well what do you mean when i'm exactly so you had kind of a revelation based on his response that there was a, some lost time right and then we could talk a lot about what happened to the airplane and how they got it back flying again but that's another big story okay but it it transcends reality because all the, the mechanics working on that airplane said this cannot happen because here, so we have here we have a brand new plane, brand new, you know, which is what what's considered a brand new plane, a couple hundred hours or less, five hundred uh, hours. This one had about nine or ten hours. That's on. it, nine it's or ten brand, hours. Yes. And so, was this a plane that you flew all the time? I uh, flew it many times. So, like the previous nine hours, was was that all you flying? No, that was other people. Other people, I see. Yeah. So you show up this new plane, and the and so you did you how did you explain to them? Hey guys, the electrical issues are going. What was the, how did that conversation go? That's about as far as it went. Electrical failure. Mm -hmm. They put it in the hangar and started to look at it. And, they, and without going into detail, mm -hmm. they found something that has, something had gone wrong that can't possibly go wrong. Like sabotage? Yes. Really? Like something happened that caused a breakdown, mechanical breakdown. <clears throat> and I... Again, without elaborating, I, mm -hmm. I think it was an evil force that did that, and I was saved by, by the a, if you will, a guardian angel. A guardian, yeah. I mean, which you know the. So I that's that's my background with UFOs. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a wonderful background. So here you have a <laughs> a what you saw was, and this is this is important for people because something physical. This wasn't just a light. You actually saw metallic. Uh, a physical object. It c became physical, but it could disappear as well. Right, right. So, but it was, when I was close to it, it was physical. Mm -hmm. See, that's important because most of the time people say, oh, I saw this thing up in the sky. It was a light. And you go, well, maybe you saw Venus, whatever. You saw a reflection. You saw a reflection off of another uh, maybe airplane. But your what your experience is, two things that I walk away with. Number one, no, this wasn't just a light refracting or diffraction or whatever, you know, scattering. This was a real object. Secondly, this was one of the good guys. Yes, absolutely. I'll, you'll never convince me otherwise. It was an angel. And it knew me. And, and I, I can't even explain to you how I knew that. But in, in my, deep in my 
inner being, I sensed that, that I was in the, in the company of a friend. Yeah. This guy, he's my friend. He was out. He was looking out for you. He was clearly looking, looking out for me. Something had happened to my airplane and he was helping me along. Now, uh, it, even now, as I tell this story, I'm getting emotional inside, and one of my emotions is, wow, I hate to tell this story because people will think I'm crazy, you know? <laughs> well, I think you're, you're, you're blowing people's minds in the sense of expanding their horizon because we have Scripture to back us up here in the sense of Matthew 18.10 talking, talking about Jesus himself, talking about angels protecting personally human beings. Uh, we have Hebrews 1.14, that angels are ministering spirits to those who inherit salvation, which are, which are believers. Right. So we have scripture, Hebrews 13.2, that sometimes we see angels unaware. There we're watching them, they're physical, but we've entertained angels unaware. So you have these scriptures that if people would just open the Bible and they're willing to be honest, they're going to go, nothing that Gary said is unbiblical. In fact, we have scripture to back up everything that you did bring up which to me is is tremendously comforting and the fact that you had this comforting feeling of a friend oh yes mm -hmm. i'll never forget that it was just peace like i've never experienced it before but again uh i have to say this this is sort of where the story comes comes together uh, i had planned on being in aviation the rest of my life i've been in aviation since i was a kid mm-hmm you're a steerman for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> steerman planes, right. And everybody I knew flew airplanes. Mm -hmm. And I got my license at age 16. I mean, it was my world. Mm -hmm. And right after this happened, this event, I came back. I had received Christ uh, by that time, but I was not serious about mm -hmm. Christ. I was a Christian. Came, uh, go to church when it was convenient, you know, and I, I loved the idea of Christianity, but I w was not what you would call a really serious Christian until this happened. And suddenly I said to myself, what's my life all about? What am I doing? And I began, the Lord began to pour uh, information mm -hmm. into me, and I, I began to study again, as I never had, uh, anything biblical historical, mm -hmm. eschatological, mm -hmm. to use a, the big word, uh, any, anything I could study. And that led me to the life th that I've lived since, not preaching for the Lord, uh, writing, teaching, because I believe that the Lord and his angels surround this world, and they're stronger, they're more powerful than the devil and his angels. Yeah, Even indeed. though there's a fight going on, we're on the good side. We're on the powerful side. I'm alive here today because of that. And that's how real it is to me. Yep. And I, again, we go back to to Scripture and uh, what we were describing earlier in the sense of Revelation chapter 12. You have Michael and his angels fighting against Satan and his angels fighting. And they're fighting somewhere. Daniel 10 is a great—this angel had to get help from Michael— there is this real fight. How do they fight? Do they have swords? You know, how do interdimensional? Do, are they craft? I mean, it, this is this is a literal situation where you have literal opposition, but yet God has given us. Uh, we're part of His team, and we have the angels there to protect and to guide us, as Scripture says. What, what a tremendous encouragement! Uh, I appreciate you sharing uh, your your experience with that because it should give encouragement to us. Well, it certainly does to me because it's a reality to me. 
Uh, back to this Pentagon UFO uh, statement that we started with. Uh, this A study is spoken of here by Abraham Loeb, an Israeli-born theoretician who chairs uh, Harvard University's astronomy department. And these people uh, now are trying to tell us that we have actual space visitors. Uh, there's a paragraph here, while most physicists believe the object's trajectory, that was the uh, recent object that passed close to the Earth, that mm -hmm. everybody's saying, well, that yeah. was... Uma Numa Numa. Numa Numa or whatever yeah. it is. Numa Numa. Numa thank you. <laughs> he says that this is nothing out of the ordinary. Abraham Loeb making this, this, this statement, public statement from... He's uh, a Harvard teacher. Harvard teacher. Mm -hmm. And he's speaking on behalf of many uh, scientists in, the, in NASA, the government, so forth. And he said, this is nothing out of the ordinary. There are these probes coming to Earth all the time, and they're checking us out to see it'll be, if it'll be safe to land. In other words, they are be de being depicted by our government as a friendly force coming to Earth. Mm, yeah. And just like all the wonderful science fiction stories tell us, this will be a, a good and, and rewarding relationship that we have with our brothers from on high, which is not what the Bible says no. at all. And, and so, and, and that's what I've come to uh, over all the years, getting a realistic perspective of what's going on around the world, what's going on around earth. And, and have you noticed they're showing themselves more and more yeah. showing up in gun cameras on yep. fighters? Absolutely. Yep. Photographs are being taken uh, uh, movies. Departments are being created in the government. Money's being spent on co collecting and collating all the information. I think our goal here is to warn people that at the end of the day, uh, whatever being is going to show up or would show up or might show up, whatever. The first question is always is, look, I don't care what you claim about this, 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 and this. I don't care how many miracles you might do. The being, whatever, is Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of the earth? Yes or no? Don't spin me. <laughs> yes or no? Do I need to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation? That is a yes or no question. End of the story. End of the story. And, of course, it's the beginning of the big, it really big, is. big story. And, uh, you know, uh, there's an odd, there's a strange, odd thing that we we should to come to before we leave, and that is people talk about cattle, and you, it's seen all over television, newspapers, uh, about farmers or ranchers having their cattle kidnapped by mm -hmm. UFOs, and they swear, yes, sir, Sheriff, Mr. Sheriff, there something came down and took one of my prized cattle up yeah. and dropped it back to the ground, and when, you, when it was dropped to the ground, it was devoid of anything valuable at all. All its blood yep. had been drained. Animals won't touch it, scavenge it. It's amazing. This happens all the time. Yep. Now, those are evil people. Those are evil. And you know what? They appear in the Old Testament. If you recall, <clears throat> people used to put out meat offerings, and mm -hmm. there would be a contest of who takes that offering. Is it going to be God, or is it going to be some other foreign god that you remember the, the famous battle of the yep. pro prophet, and uh, and who took the who took the uh, the offering? It was God that took the offering. The true God, yeah, the yeah. true God. Mm -hmm. But making meat offerings 
to the fallen ones is a huge preoccupation. Historically, it still happens today, making meat offerings to the gods. And, and, th and this is where, again, we, we discuss this. We spent a full, you and myself in L.A., spent a full hour on this delving into the biblical, theological, FBI story. I mean, this is a real thing with the FBI. They, re they researched it. We, had, we, we talked about theirs in our, in our DVD set. I mean, this is the real deal. It is. It's the real deal. It's, it's a battle between the good ones and the bad ones. It's been going on ever since the days of the prophets and before. And that battle, praise the Lord, is <laughs> going to be won by the right people. Yep. Amen, Gary. Here we are in this podcast, and, and we'll end it on that note in the, in the sense of, for those watching, uh, there's no reason if you're a follower of Jesus Christ to have any fear at all. Uh, he, he holds us in his very hands. We have absolute confidence, but we also have the word of God to guide us in this in this age of deception that when any sort of message comes from any sort, Paul says, whether it's an angel from heaven, Galatians 1, 7 through 9, if they have any other message in the gospel that we know, let them be accursed. So we stand on the truth of God's word, the truth of Jesus Christ being salvation only. Amen. Gary? Amen, all, Gary. All I can say is amen. Amen. The good news. The good news. Everything that we're doing at Prophecy Watchers is vital because Bible prophecy is coming to pass right before our eyes. And it has never been more important for believers to understand what the Bible says about the days that we are living in. In case you haven't noticed, the whole world is spinning out of control but we are not surprised because many of the things taking place were prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago. That's why we want to offer you a very special subscription to our magazine, The Prophecy Watcher, that will keep you on the cutting edge of Bible prophecy. Stay informed on prophetic world events. Follow the nuclear threats from Russia and Iran, China's march to world domination, the likelihood of another global pandemic, the rise of artificial intelligence and transhumanism, war in the Middle East, the UFO phenomenon, and the latest technology preparing the world for the mark of the beast. The Prophecy Watcher magazine features articles from leading prophecy experts like Gary Stearman, Mondo Gonzalez, Thomas Ice, Randall Price, L.A. Marzulli, Bill Salas, and many others. With your gift of $50 or more to support the worldwide outreach of Prophecy Watchers, you will receive 12 issues of the magazine in either print or digital format. You will also receive 10 bonus DVDs that feature in-depth teaching on the ancient book of Enoch, Heaven and the New Jerusalem, the biblical case for the rapture, a look at how God put the gospel in the stars, what really happened at the Tower of Babel, and Ezekiel's prophecy on the Battle of Gog and Magog. This special offer is available anywhere in the United States with free shipping included. Don't wait. Pick up the phone right now and call the toll-free number on your screen or visit us at prophecywatchers.tv. Stand with us today and help us take the message of Christ's soon return to the whole world.